drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Welcome everybody to the Detroit Kool-Aid. It's Friday. This is Griff coming at you today. Um, it's been a beautiful week. The sun is out shining and Looks like summer all over the place. It's supposed to be 90 degrees again this weekend. People are on their pools. Little kids are running through sprinklers outside. Other people are being able to go back out to restaurants. They are minding the social distancing. But it looks like life is sort of getting back to normal around here, which is good. Maybe we can get back into the swing of things, and maybe football will be back on track. Now, um, I realize there's a lot of stuff still going on. Teams are, like, trying to get... um, there are players, you know, in to do some workouts, you know, things like that. And it did come down earlier this week that uh, a few of the Cowboys and Texans players had tested positive for COVID. So I'm not quite for sure. You know, it's still kind of a little murky here and there if um, it still means that they're positive or if they had, if they tested positive and they had the antibodies. Because once again, if you have the antibodies, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you did have, you know, COVID is from what I've read and heard. But uh, one of the players that was mentioned was uh, Zeke Elliott. I realize this isn't Lions, but... Uh, you know, Zeke Elliott had it. He went on Twitter. He wasn't happy with Roger Goodell. He thought he named him when Goodell mentioned something about it. But, you know, Goodell didn't. So, obviously, Zeke had it. So, it just kind of makes me wonder how other players on other teams and other organizations may handle it if they try to slow down bringing, you know, players back in for workouts. And um, it still might be one of those things where they still do a lot of Zoom meetings, you know, you know, stuff like that, try to go over things, cover things with the players on the teams. But I think this could be a definite setback for getting some players into the facilities to do um, at least maybe some off-season training, meeting with their coach, you know, position coaches, head coach, you know, other people in the organization. It could be some some of the players are like okay with it, they're going to chance it. Other players may be, you know, we're not going to chance it at all, you know, you know, I'm I'm worried about. It. I'm not going to come around until maybe there's a uh, like a vac- a vaccine that's been produced for it. So it just makes me wonder where you know this is going to take everything. It's going to push back the start you know of the NFL anymore. There was rumor that actually the preseason was going to go down from four games to three games. That that may be true. It's what I heard I think last week, but I haven't really heard anything on that lately. So if they do go down to three games in the preseason. You know, if this happens where more and more players are testing positive, it may go down from three to two. You know, I don't know. It all depends. I'm sure the organization, the head coaches, the coaching staffs are going to have their mind saying, we have so many players in camp. We need, you know, I don't want to say as many games as possible, but at least a number of games to get a, a, a good look at everybody that's in camp to you know, putting a quality, effective team out there on the field. So once again, you know, you know, the Houston players, you know, Dallas players, please take care of yourselves, take care of your family, and um, hopefully everything, you know, 
works out for the best and teams can once again get back into the facilities and um, be able to get uh, football started on time because I know we're all looking forward to that. So um, another thing I want to touch base with here really quick, um, I know one of my harps and Derek's one of Derek's, he can kind of piggyback that when I kind of go off on saying how teams get more respect than the Lions and even Lions players. I know a couple weeks ago we brought up top 100 players, how none of the Lions players were on it. You know, thank you, Pete Briscoe. But uh, somebody else at CBS Sports, his name's Sean Wagner McHugh, something like that. Um, he did his top 10 quarterback rankings this year, and we believe he's going into the year. And he actually had Matt Stafford at number seven. He actually had Matt Stafford in front of Ben Roethlisberger, um, better than Aaron Rodgers, um, Tom Brady. Um, those guys didn't even make the top 10. So. I have to hand it to him. I mean, going, I don't want to say going out on a limb, but maybe the guy does recognize some talent. I know here in Detroit, Matt Stafford has been to, has been a real, I guess, you know, polar for fans. Either people love him or people just want to run him out of town and they want to look for the best thing, saying, you know, hey, look at his record against winning teams, you know, no playoff wins, and they're just ready to scrap him and move on to somebody else. I know here on the Kool-Aid cast, me and Derek both really like him. We want to stick with him. We think we can, he can win here. He's just getting the talent around him. And when I read that he was higher than Aaron Rodgers, actually, I can see Ben Roethlisberger. He was hurt last year. He was kind of on the downside of his career. Tom Brady's moving teams, moving organizations and teams. He's getting new talent. And even though he does have some great pieces around him at wide receiver, running back, tight end, I mean, he still is learning a new system. And, you know, he is. He's older, okay? So I can, you know, putting Matt Stafford up there in front of those guys, I understood it. Then Aaron Rodgers, I know when I did my – my division rankings of positions. I had Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the division. But uh, going through the rest of the players, I could see why he would think, you know, Matt Stafford you could have a better year than him. I mean, once again, look at the position players around him. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy. What Packers in the draft? They, I mean, yeah, they have Devontae Adams. Myself, I think Devontae Adams is good, but I think he's a little overrated. I think he gets a lot more love for being on the Packers than, say, if you know, I don't. I think Devontae Adams would just, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, I think he would just kind of be an average wide receiver if he was on the Washington Redskins or, say, like, I don't know, the Chargers or something like that. He just wouldn't get noticed. But he's on the he's on the Packers. I think he gets more pub. So saying that Matt Stafford's going to have a better year than Aaron Rodgers, I can definitely see that. And, you know, it's happy. I, I, was, I was kind of pleased. I mean, finally, somebody on the line is getting a little pub. I mean, it just never seems to happen around here. And we're always kind of bashing writers, you know, national writers, even some local writers that always seem to be down and out on this team. But um, um, Mr. Wagner McCoo, McCough, or however you pronounce his name, I apologize there, um, he also put that he could be, you know, have a career year. Now, career year, uh, he, Matt Stafford, I mean, we've talked about it before. He's thrown a lot of yards. You know, he's thrown for a lot of yards in prior years. You know, a lot of games where he's had a lot of comeback victories. And so, um, you know, he has got the moniker here with some fans as Pad Stafford, you know, because all of his stats come from when the team's down by 21 points in the fourth quarter and he's just throwing all these yards and teams don't care. They're just letting him, you know, complete all these passes. But still, I mean, at least he's completing the passes. So I really can't complain about that. So having a career year there, I, I don't know if he means, like, with overall, like, if, if it's just by sheer numbers. Because I still believe that the Lions, um, Matt Patricia, Daryl Bevel, want to have a balanced 
attack on offense and look like what they're trying to do with the running game and you know I they do have a lot of you know good weapons you know at wide receiver Hawkinson you know could come into his own this year at tight end take a big step forward uh, not for sure on that but uh I don't know if he's going to throw for just an awesome amount of yards. I mean, it could be a career year just based on maybe completion percentage, you know, and W's for the team, leading to victories for the team. It could be that more so than just, you know, throwing up a whole bunch of, you know, yards, bunch of touchdowns, dropping his interceptions. It seems like Stafford has a lot more interceptions. Obviously, most quarterbacks do when they're just out zinging the ball around all, all over the field. It's part of that thing I really like about Matt Stafford is that gunslinger mentality, you know, fitting the ball in tight windows, taking chances here and there. But, you know, for all the good times he has, like, you know, passes and he's made like that, he can have the ones that leaves you scratching your head, you know, what are you doing? But still, I do believe that he has poised for a big year with the weapons that he has, being in the second year in this offense retooling the offensive line a little bit and the weapons that he has here. I mean, he seems to have a good connection with uh, Danny Amendola, which is good. Galladay is coming into his own. Marvin Jones proven, you know, veteran wide receiver. Hawkinson hoping to take a big leap and then an improved running game. I just don't know if he's going to be thrown for like, you know, you know, 4,800 yards and, you know, 45 touchdowns. That just doesn't seem like the offense that uh, Bevel and Patricia are looking for here in Detroit. But still, rating him as the seventh best QB top, you know, in the league, you know, going into this year, poised for a career year. I can see that. So I I definitely agree. I'm totally going to agree with what uh, Mr. Sean Wagner, McCoo, McCough, or however you pronounce it from CBS Sports, you know, uh, how we put it. So a little kudos here for uh, us fans in Detroit, something we can hang our hat on. You know, when, when football starts and we can look at the uh, this year's Detroit Lions and, um, you know, once again, drink the Kool-Aid, hoping for a big year out of these guys when football does start. So uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a pause for the cause, pay a couple bills, and uh, I'll be right back and uh, we'll talk a little more football. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid. Once again, this is just Mike coming at you here on this Friday. Um... Sitting there at the commercial break, I did realize that I forgot to mention it. TJF, thank God it's Friday. So I do apologize for that and want to slip it in there. Didn't forget about it. Obviously, I forgot about it early, but I did not forget about it at one point in the show. So um, a few episodes ago, I mentioned, um, I brought it up you know, a little earlier, actually, in this episode, how I had, um, I, I, uh, 
put all the Lions players on offense against the other divisional teams and kind of rated each section and came out with who relatively had the best position in each spot. So I figured with this episode I would try that on defense as well. We kind of break it down that way because, once again, we all know how good the offense can be and how many question marks there can be on this Detroit Lions defense. Um, I realize other teams have question marks as well. But still, I think just kind of match them up, going back and forth between every little area. We can kind of maybe see what we got there. So once again, let's let's just do this. We'll just jump right into it. We're going to start with, uh, we're always going to start in the trenches here. Let's start with the defensive line. Uh, once again, the line signed Danny Shelton. They brought Nick Williams. Um, they drafted Penasini. Um, hands coming back. You know, they you know, still got Trey Flowers. Romeo Quar was there. Um, you know, Julian Aquar might be like that outside linebacker or maybe the defensive end, you know, hand in the dirt can play kind of those. Same with Austin Bryant, so they're around here. Uh, once again, looking for big things, uh, you know, out of the defensive line. Still seems to me that they're missing that proven pass rusher, the guy that offenses have to circle and always account for. Uh, Trey Flowers really came on at the end of last year. You know, definitely improved his play from the beginning part of the year. And Romeo Quar seemed to have, take a step back from the year before. So I don't know if, to me, either one of those guys, I mean, they're nice players. I mean, Trey Flowers is better than Aquara. But once again, I'm always looking for that, you know, that Reggie White type defensive end. I'm always looking for that guy, that Richard Dent, you know, the guy that puts the fear in, in, in the offensive coordinators and the offensive tackles that they're going against, knowing that they might have to try to get out of their stance a little quicker to uh, hold their block. Your offensive coordinators, you know, need to have keep the tight end in or have the running back chip, you know, something like that on those guys. And it just doesn't seem like Flowers and Aquara are that type of guy. But Flowers is, you know, he's he's, he's above average. And uh, of course, solid and hands coming back, and we all know what he can do moving around. But uh, other teams, you know, let's let's just hop over to the Vikings. Defensive tackles, they got like um, was it uh, Traylon Holmes, uh, Jaleel Johnson, um, David Moa, I believe he's a rookie this year. Um, defensive ends, they seem to have have lost a little a bit on the defensive ends. That from it seems like they've had in the past where they have really got after the Lions, but they still have Daniel Hunter, who's Seems to have good games against the Lions. Was it Ifidi Ogdebo? And I know Derek's going to slaughter me for that because he always, he's always really good at pronouncing those names. But uh, he's another defensive end a few years in from Northwestern. And, hey, former line Anthony Zettel's on that team. So um, I, I think, you know, back and forth if you're looking at it, I, I think Daniel Hunter's probably the best defensive end out of the ones I named. But I think... The Lions offense, the Lions defensive line, and the Vikings defensive line is pretty on par with each other. I don't think the Vikings defensive line seems like in the past has really dominated them. I can't see, I don't think they're that much better or better at all than the Lions. Uh, now the Bears, they have um, at uh, defense, they got guys like Eddie Goldman, who's real. I, I believe he's really good. John Jenkins down there. Also on the defensive line, uh, guys on the end like uh, Akeem Hicks and uh, Brent Urban. Um, I think Eddie, I think Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, John Jenkins. I believe they're both. I think those guys are better than the Lions and the Vikings. Um, once again, that's just me. Other people may feel a little different, but uh, once again, if you feel different, hit me up on Twitter at uh, at Grifka DKC. That's at Grifka DKC. Feel free to touch base if you guys disagree with any of my takes. Um, I would love to talk talk touch base with you guys and uh, discuss it. But I think the Bears, they do have, they do have, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's not a great offensive line, but it's uh, above average. 
Um, I think it's really, really good, and I think it's better than the Vikings and the Lions. Now, for the Packers, their biggest guy down there is going to be Kenny Clark. Um, but they have was that the Montrevious Adams down there as well. Uh, Dean Lauer, he's another guy who's um, pretty young. Uh, Travion Hester, I believe, you know, he's another guy. You know, down there has some decent games, but I don't think the the Packers defensive defensive tackles. I mean, they run they generally run a three four, so those guys are just kind of space eaters, not going to do a whole lot. Um, I I personally think I don't I think the Bears, Lions, and Vikings are better than those guys right there. Their defensive tackles and defensive ends are better than the Packers. So if you're looking at defensive lines, I would probably rate you know the Bears as the top one. Um, I don't want to say a wash, but since I'm a homer, I'm going to take the Lions at number two, Vikings at number three, and the Packers at number four. So that's not terrible, but uh, I think the Lions and Vikings are really really close right there and. The Packers, I just, I think, once again, I think it's one of those teams that get a lot of love because they're Green Bay. So uh, let's move on to the linebackers. We all know the linebackers, uh, Detroit. They got you know, Collins, Jones, Davis, Tavai, Sign Raglan. Uh, Reeves Maven's kind of sitting out there. We really don't know what his position will be on the team. If he's, he, he might be one of those guys where he's not on the team. But I've always liked him, always liked the speed. I, I wish they would use him a little better than what they do. But once again, I'm, it's Matt Patricia's defense. He's going to run what he wants to run. Um, let's uh, hop over to the Vikings again. Uh, they got at linebacker, they got Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Kendricks, um, Ben Gideon, former Michigan Wolverine, Cameron Smith there, a few other guys. But uh, I really like Kendricks and Anthony Barr. I, I, think they're, I think they're damn good. So those are linebackers. It just seems always gotta, you always got to really watch. When they're on, they seem to make plays. They they're ball hawk, ball hawks like making picks, but uh, they seem to be there, sticking their nose in there, making the tackles. And I, I like those guys. I really like Kendricks and Barr. I mean, Gideon, he, he's not bad. He's one of those meat and potatoes guys, right there. Uh, Cameron Smith, he's he, when he's average. He, he's not that great, but he, like I said, that's why he's fourth. I I have him right there. Um, linebackers for the Bears. I mean, they got we all know Khalil Mack, hands down, probably the best linebacker in the division. And once again, he's one of those guys. You know, defense or offense coordinators always have to see where he's on the field, where he's lining up, account for him. That guy's a playmaker. He's a beast. And uh, I know we talked about it. The Bears seem to have mortgaged their future, you know, to get him. And then they were looking to trade him last year, simply because where they were at with salary cap picks, you know, you know, and I, me and Eric, me and Derek debated it and back and forth. And he thought, you know, Khalil Mack eventually, he just, be, he did, he became an albatross. He's an albatross. His, his contract is on that team, but still the guy's a beast. I mean, he's worth every penny that he is getting right now. Um, they also got uh, Danny Trevathan, um, Bacuvius Mingo, uh, Roquan Smith, and uh, the old, uh, the old widely veteran Robert Griffin's, on, or yeah, Robert Griffin's on that team. Once again, that's a, that's a, that's a damn good linebacking core. It's, uh, it's, if you're comparing like their defensive line to their linebackers, the Bears' linebackers are head and shoulders above their, their defensive line. That's, that's, that's just a really good, that's just a damn good unit. I mean, that is one that, they just, they make plays. I mean, they do. They make plays. That's it's a linebacking core, and you really, really got to like. Um, 
the Packers now, they got, uh, I know they had those, those couple free agent signings last year, and they seem to do pretty well, you know, running that 3-4 defense, both the guys that could get to the quarterback, the Smith brothers, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. And it's uh, probably their two most potent names. Uh, they also got Christian Kirksey there at the linebacker position. And uh, once again, uh, one of Derek's favorite players coming out of the University of Michigan, Rayshon Gary. I know uh, Derek was a big fan of him, and uh, he, he really, really liked him. So uh, he, I don't know. I think he even kind of wishes he was on the Lions. But, uh, nope, he's a he, rookie last year, made a not a really big splash on that team. Maybe he's one of those guys that the Packers are thinking that he can have a breakout year in his second year. Um, but the Preston Smith, Darius Smith, he's he's perfect for the. Those two guys are perfect for what the Packers run. They 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 do. They they both get to the quarterback. I mean, that's not like it's. I mean, they're not Lawrence Taylor out there. I mean, they're not they're not that good, but they're good. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to front on that. They are good, but um. There are guys that they had pretty decent games against the Lions last year. So Christian Kirksey, not that great. Rayshon Gary was a rookie, didn't really show a whole a whole lot. But if if I'm gonna go through and you know have to rate all these linebacking cores against each other, um, I'm gonna say the Bears have the best one. I'm going to go with probably. Oh, jeez. Gosh, I really I'll have to go with the Packers number two, and then oh gosh, I'm gonna go with the Vikings at number three, and the Lions at number four. I'm sure a lot of people on here probably go, oh that's just Griff being Griff, but I mean really kind of look at it, and 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 look who's on the team, and I mean I know me and Derek have talked about it, and you know, I mean we're hoping Jay, Jamie Collins has. The year that we're expecting, what Matt Patricia Matt Patricia's expecting him to have, what he's coming in to do. I mean, we all know what Christian Jones is. You know, Derek, you know, kind of likes him. You know, he's PFF has him rated. You know, you know, not that bad. Which once again, I think he's a totem pole. Jared Davis, everybody knows how I feel about Davis. Tavai, you know, he may became may become that leader of the linebacking core, but once again, he does have his limitations. You know, Raglan, another guy, another big guy, slow feet. You know, Jalen Reeves, maybe, you know, he could do something. But I think I think right now he's just kind of in the wrong system. I think for maybe him to even, you know, kind of produce what you're expecting, he may have to go to another team you know, where they have him do a little more moving, you know, as opposed to what the Lions have him do. But, I mean, I still like Reeves, maybe, but still, I mean, once again, I don't think he can really front on the Bears linebacking core. I mean, that's, that's probably the best one in the division. Uh, Packers number two. I'll go with the Vikings three and then the Lions four. Uh, now let's go to the defensive backfield here. And this seems to be a spot where once again, uh, you know, the Lions have uh, have seemed to make some additions to improve themselves. I mean, we all know they went out and signed uh, Desmond Trufant. They still got Coleman back here, back there. You know, playing the nickel. The um, the big signing last year. You know, they traded away Darius Slay, uh, my boy, big play, and they got. Uh, Jeff Okuda, they still have AO back there. They have a few other guys that, um, you know, Derek's mentioned in the past we've talked about, kind of like these special teamers. You know, McCray's back there, Roberts back there, Diversion, you know, Mike Ford, the Windsocks back there. You know, they just, you know, I know Derek's mentioned it before, and you can never have too many, you know, defensive backs, which, you know, I, I agree with. This is a passing league. But once again, it's one of those things where you have the quality. Um, 
at safety. I mean, you know, Tracy Walker's back there. Harmon, they brought him in. They still got Will Harris. Uh, they signed Curse. He's back there as well. Killebrew, he's kind of a man without a position. He seems like a straight special teamer right now. But still, the Lions do have a little bit of talent there. I mean, I'm not going to say that. These guys are terrible. Um, if Okuda um, is, is as good as his tape showed, how, how well he played at, you know, at, at Ohio State, not having any pass interference penalties. You know, I know some people will be like, well, it's Ohio State, they get calls, you know. So still, I mean, that's that's still kind of impressive to be able to do that. You know, hopefully that translates well to the pros. And I know at first he's going to have to, like, you know, learn the tape, learn guys that he's going against their moves so he's not, you know, biting on the first move of a double move, you know, route, something like that. There's going to be a little bit of learning curve, but I think he's good enough to make up for that relatively quickly. So I, I really do like the Lions defensive backs. I mean, uh, Trufant, he's he's solid, solid cornerback safety. I know last year he didn't have, you know, it wasn't that great of a year for, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. But still, I mean, I like what he can do. And hopefully Coleman, Coleman was really up and down last year. There were some games he just looked really, really good. And then some games you're just kind of scratching your head. But still, I like what this defensive backfield brings you know, two for the lines with, you know, Walker, you know, coming into his own Harmon. I think that guy could be a stud, you know, Harris, you know, still, you know, second year, hopefully he takes a jump forward. He still has a few things to clean up in his play, but still, I mean, these guys, this defensive backfield could be the strong suit for the Lions defense this year. Uh, let's go over to the Vikings here and uh, their cornerbacks um, guys like Mike Hughes, Mark Fields, uh, Neville Clark. He's a, I believe, young rookie. He's there. Holton Hill. He's another guy. He has a little bit of playing time. They've lost a few players. Not lost. They've, I guess, cho- they've chosen to let a few players walk that have been there, and they're trying to get them with um, a lot younger talent. The Vikings are one of those teams that do have a lot of young cornerbacks. You know, first, second year guys. Some rookies on that team that uh, they're going to expect to uh, contribute. Um, Safety-wise, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, once again, not going to say anything. You know, I can't front on those guys. Those guys are damn good. They just they just are. I mean, I, they may be the best safeties in the, the division one and two. You know, I've always liked Harrison Smith. I liked him coming out of college, you know, out of Notre Dame. Anthony Harris, he's just, he's really good. So, those two, those two could probably be the best two corner or, or safeties in the division on the same team. So their defensive backfield, those guys are obviously going to be the stalwarts back there. Those guys leading those young cornerbacks, you know, trying to get them in the right position, you know, really being the vocal leaders of those defensive of the defensive backfield there. As for the Bears, um, they got Kyle Fuller once again. Kyle Fuller, I, I, he's not Deion Sanders, but he, he's a good cornerback. He is. I mean, once again, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not a huge Bears fan, but, you know, Kyle Fuller, he, he's a good cornerback. He is. He's better than solid, but he, he's not exceptional. He's not great. Um, was it they got Buster Screen on the team, Deion Bush. Um, was it uh, they also signed, went out and signed Artie Burns, you know, because I was saying Boo Earns. Uh, Artie Burns, he was supposed to be a, you know, big time coming out of the University of Miami. Pittsburgh signed him, but he really didn't, you know, Gosh, he really didn't show anything there, which is strange because Pittsburgh's usually pretty good about developing defensive backs and especially cornerbacks. You know, the litany of cornerbacks they've had over the, over the course of, the, of their, you know, of their franchise, you know, and Artie Burns, that guy's big rangy guy, he had some speed, but gosh, that guy, 
you could burn him on a double move. That guy just always bit on the on the, on the first one. So I'm not quite for sure what they're expecting out of him in Chicago. But as for their safeties, got Tayshawn Gibson back there, um, Eddie Jackson. Once again, Eddie Jackson, he's another one of those. He's he's really good safety. You know, you know, he's 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 not great. You know, not exceptional, but he's really really good. I mean, I think uh, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris are better than him. But still, Eddie Jackson, he's another one of those safeties. He just seems to have a nose for the ball. He seems to make plays. So um, it's one of those guys that the Lions offensive coordinator really needs to really needs to watch for. I mean, he's not going to come in on safety blitzes and knock you out. He's not even really that headhunting type safety. You know, the Ronnie Lott, the you know, Dennis Smith type you know safety where you really got to watch yourself. But, uh, you know, he, he's good. He really is. And then for um, the Packers, uh, they got uh, Walt Redman back there, Adrian Amos, um, and then uh, Darnell Savage is back there as well, uh, young young safety out of the University of Maryland. He's back there. Um, Adrian Amos is probably the best one there. Um, he's one of those guys I think he gets, uh, once again, I think he's on the Packers. He gets a lot of pub, a lot of love. I mean, he's on TV, so a lot of people see him. And um, they, think, they think he's, you know, he's just, oh, my gosh, he's so great. I was like, he's decent, okay? Uh, I, I, he's not he's not better than Harrison Smith, Anthony Harrison Jackson, but you know he's good. And heck, I, I would even put you know Harmon better than Adrian Amos. Um, and Walker, if he takes a leap this year, could be better than Adrian Amos as well. But um, if you're kind of looking at everything overall to see where everybody's kind of stacked up on this team, and uh, for the Lions against every other one. If you just want to go, let's let's just do this this way. Let's let's just go cornerbacks first. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the Packers cornerbacks. They got uh, Kevin King is back there, Josh Jackson back there, Jair Alexander's back there. Um, now, once again, I mentioned this stat on an earlier episode that um, was it uh, was it they they were called for like two pass interference plays all year. I mean, really? I mean, come on, nobody is that clean. I mean, I'm all for letting defensive backs play, but for some of the ticky-tack stuff that gets called in games that we've seen as Lions fans, to say like a defensive, that cornerbacks got called for two pass interference plays all year, that, come on, really? I mean, tell me, tell me something's not up with that. That makes no sense to me. I mean, there's guys that can play, but gosh, I think even Deion Sanders got called for more than that, and that guy's creme de la creme, best of the best, you know, Charles Woodson, another one, you know, you know, creme de la creme, best of the best. And, and those guys got called for pass interference. Yeah, it's like, give me a break. And these guys get called for two all year. I mean, that's, that's kind of be the most unbelievable stat around. So if, if I'm going through this, actually, looking at this, based on where, who's on the team, who's coming up, I think the cornerbacks in this division, I mean, there's, there's good ones, but there's not great ones. There's there's nothing that you're really like. This guy's locking down half the field. You can't throw his way. He he you know this guy's picking the ball off. There's just a lot of you know average to a uh, you know average to above average cornerback tandems or teams in, in this division. So if I'm gonna look at this right here and say who's got the best one, ah jeez, oh god, I, I I really like what the lines have back there. I know everybody's gonna laugh about that and say like, well, look at all the yards they gave up last year. Uh, Coleman's in the in the in the system his second year. Uh, 
Okuda might have a little bit of learning curve. Trufant, he's not Darius Slay, but he's solid. I mean, look at I mean, the Bears got Kyle Fuller. And like I said, he's the best, but Buster Screen ain't that great. Deion Bush, he's okay. Artie Burns, that guy was a washout in Pittsburgh. Um, we all know the Packers number's going to be like, well, look at their stats. And I know Derek Harp's on me. Well, look at the stats. You're just a stat guy. No way does any cornerback team play that clean. It doesn't happen. But still, they're better than the Bears, and they're, I think they're a lot better than the Vikings. So I got to put the Packers at the number two cornerback, you know, number two cornerbacks in the division. I'll put the Bears third and the Vikings fourth. Um, safety wise, you know, hands down, it's the Vikings. I mean, there's, I, I think it's the best tandem back there. You know, I don't even care who their third or fourth guys are. It's like those guys, Smith and Harris, they play. I mean, they might miss a game here and there, but these guys are not off injured. They're not out for most of the year. Those guys are playmakers, and I really, really like them. Um, after that, I'm probably going to go with, um, gosh, uh, between Harmon and Jackson, Walker, Gibson. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm going to go and talk myself into it. I really like the lines on this one as well. I'm going to go with them with the best, second best safety. The Bears at number three. And then um, the Packers at number four. I, I've said this before, and I say it again. Years, it was it a few years ago. I always used to say this to Derek, and I said this to other people. I mean, because the Vikings just seem to have the dominant defense in the division, and the Packers had the dominant offense. It's like if you could take the Packers' offense and match it with the Vikings' defense, that would just be one dominant team. But it seems in the last couple of years, the Vikings' defense has really fallen off. Um, the Packers' offense, you know, has really fallen off. And I think, honestly, this year, I mean, if you really took the – if you took the Lions offense and maybe matched it with I mean people are going to say well what about the Lions defense well I think their weak spot is the linebackers and I, and I mean I think it is I mean if if you took the Bears front seven I really like the Bears front seven uh, I, you know breaking this stuff down and um, they do I think, I think the Bears front seven is head and shoulders above every other team in this division once again if you disagree with me hit me up on Twitter at Grifka DKC once again that's at Grifka G-R-I-F-K-A D-K-C and tell me where I'm wrong tell me how I'm tell me you know Derek does it all the time and it's okay but um, it, it's nice to have you know a debate with you know people and what they think is different but once again just kind of running through everything the way I have broken down much like I did with the offense I believe that um, defensive line-wise, the Bears have the best one in the division. I think the uh, Lions have number two. Um, the Vikings have number three. And the uh, Packers have number four. Uh, linebacking cores, once again, I really like the Bears. Um, number two, um, I'm going to go with the Packers, simply for the talent they have and the scheme they run. Um, that fits those guys very, very well. Uh, third, I'd go with the Vikings. And fourth, I go with the Lions. And for cornerbacks, I'm you know I might sound a little bit of a homer, but I'm going to take uh, take the Lions here. Number two, I'm going to go with the Packers. Third, I'm going to go with the Bears. Fourth, and I'm going to go with the Vikings. And then for safeties, I'm going to take uh, the Vikings first, the Lions second, and then the Bears third. But once again, you could talk me out of that, and you could flip flop those if you really wanted to. And um. The Packers is number four, and I know you guys just said Mike, you just waffle maker on the uh, on the Bears and uh, Lions safeties, but uh, yeah, that one I'm not drawing a line in the sand saying uh, the pa- the the Lions are head and shoulders above the Bears because that one might be a real real close one there. So 
Um, once again, if you guys have, you know, if you guys want, you know, disagree with any of my takes, please feel free to do that and uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'll, you know, I'll see what I can do about, uh, you know, chatting with you guys. I know, uh, like I said, I, I I'm not looking for an all day debate, you know, something like that. And once again, and uh, I'm never one of those people. If you get in a, a debate, I'm not going to call you names or anything like that. I, I just don't do that. That's just not me. So, once again, I enjoyed coming to you here, uh, talking to you guys. Uh, you know, this Friday. Uh, I want everybody to enjoy their weekend, and uh, like Derek always says, uh, do you have anything else? Nope. I'm out. Everybody have a good weekend. Uh, We'll come at you next week again from the Detroit Kool-Aid, and once again, everybody, drink it in, man. Drink it in.